You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Hi, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. This is Jackie Clayton. And this is Katie Van Horn. I feel like you're making see, fun of me. I see how I did that, Jackie. So yeah. I did that. That's how you. That's oh, how you do it. I'll that's work the right that. way. You, you you have the the oh. ten second pause between first and last names. Oh, <laughs> we're um, So our guest is trying to figure out what in the world we're talking about every time we record. I'm notes. I'm just taking <laughs> yeah. notes. Yeah. Jackie <laughs> makes fun of me and does this whole like I'm Jackie. <laughs> Clayton. And, and I'm like, um, okay, what are you trying to say here? So you'll just um, be the witness at the best friend divorce. Yes. Court. <laughs> oh, no. Witness, witness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's right, folks. We have a guest today and, um, I, um, First off, I, I don't even know where to start because like your your bio and everything you've done is absolutely amazing. So um, we're going to toss it over to you and let you like do the intro because I was like, I don't I like as I'm scrolling, 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 going, um, where do you even start with this? So please, <laughs> all <doctor>. the things, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> no. Um, hi, thank you so much. I'm really excited to, to be on the podcast. My name is Omolara Thomas Uemedimo. Um, I am a Black Nigerian-American woman from New York City here on stolen Lenape land, <laughs> trying to live a free life, um, to, yes. to be very succinct. Um, I'm also a mom of two girls. I am a board-certified um, pediatrician for 17 years I think at this point and um really have kind of just gone through a <laughs> a roller coaster of initially my work was really focused on global health and working abroad in Africa and Latin America and um, ultimately became really steeped in research and academia became an associate professor ended up doing all of the things and burning out like completely and really, um, actually, and then basically I had a revelation. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, multiple sclerosis, um, hospitalized, couldn't walk and wow. had to do physical rehab. And during that time, I think it's the best gift that God gave me because I had a life rehab and realized that I needed to shift my life. And so now I'm an entrepreneur of <laughs> Not one, but two businesses. Whoa! <laughs> At the same time. So that was you stepping back. That was relaxing. Stepping back. That's me okay. relaxing. You, you look. It was like five jobs were getting paid only for one, so I went down to like two. So okay, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so now I'm CEO and founder of two additional babies, additional to my own um, Strong Children Wellness which is a company that I co-founded with my two partners who were also pediatricians, Black women who were tired of kind of being told what to do and really new, and really trying to create free healthcare spaces. I like to call them freedom spaces, not safe or brave spaces, but freedom spaces where we can see our communities um, be able to get everything they need, behavioral health, mental health services, physical health services, social services in one space and steep in the community. And so we work with organizations and nonprofits to do that. 
And then the second work that I've, <laughs> I don't know how I got into this, is Melanin and Medicine. And Melanin and Medicine is a company that I founded um, initially to just support Black women physicians to find themselves, to pivot into their purpose and um, just regain their power. And over that time, through this process, have really learned that a lot of us have realized that we were called to actually create new spaces. And so helping them through business creation and now most recently um, supporting them to get funding to actually start these things and actually take advantage of the fact that there are a lot of good people still in the world who are wanting to you know, fund things but don't know exactly how to do it or don't have the expertise to actually create it themselves. And so I'm supporting them to get their money and do, <laughs> do this work and create the spaces um, that a lot of times we don't have inside of the institutions that exist. So that's me in a nutshell. I hope that covers it. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. That's a lot. And that's I know there's more. So I, 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 I'm so excited. I love uh, Melanin and Medicine, um, looking at the podcast. And it's amazing that you're doing all of these things. So I'll thank you in advance for all of the, the people that you've touched and will touch in the future. We're lucky that you are taking this work. Oh, thank you. And I have a team. Okay. Remember team, team. team. So that's right. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So I think, you know, I would love to just, so you're a pediatrician first and, you know, let's start there what inspired you to start these other two businesses? Like, where did that come from? Like, what was the driver? Um, even just, um, well, first off to become a doctor, like that alone is like a whole situation <laughs> and like, that's yeah. amazing. But what inspired you to, to create these two other entities, these two other businesses? It's interesting. Cause you said that I'm a pediatrician first and that was, that's actually part of the unlearning that I had to do. Right. And it's very much the part of the training that we get. Right. We now completely get like called doctor everything. Like I should be having my kids call me Dr. Mommy. Right. By this point. <laughs> or whatever. But like and I think that was the piece that was that actually caused me to create these things. I think it was the fact that, you know, as a Nigerian, I don't know how much you how many Nigerians you've been around but like there's only three jobs that we can have one of them being a doctor so it was kind of <laughs> crap shoot. but I think I think the other thing was my you know my mom is a serial entrepreneur who would look at me almost in disgust at like how can you just like do what these people like you have so much that you can do on your own and and you're not doing that so um I think that I was in a on a road where it, it, being a physician is very much tailored. Like, it's like, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. And I was very good. I'm very good at following rules and um, ultimately got to a point where I was not saying no to anything. And so that meant teaching at, as a professor, that meant um, running two large research projects, right. To, to, um, to support um, immigrant families and to support, um, global global health, um, directing a global health program, seeing patients. Um, and I realized that I was at, at this point when I got hospitalized in May, 2019, I had no clue why I was here. Like mm. I was just doing things and I wasn't being. And 
I think those businesses were a chance for me to actually start to think about what's my purpose, what's the theme that has existed. And it's always been justice for me. It's always been that. And it was like, what is the zone of genius? I'm a builder. That's what I like to do. And what, what is it that you are meant to build? And that took a lot of closed time away from people to start to think about what is the vision? What would I regret not seeing, doing, becoming, or creating? And those two things, like not being able to tell other Black women, kind of like slow down, stop, don't kill yourself. I now have a, a chronic autoimmune disorder that will stay with me for the rest of my life. And also just how can we help our people? And so when those two came up, I was like, well, what am I supposed to do about this? And these were ideas that got cultivated. And I said, I'm crazy enough to like try and make them real. <laughs> but it's so, it's so true and it's so important. And I think um, so many of us, you know, as we've been looking at situations with our looking at gender studies and racial studies and sexual identity, as we start looking at these subjects more, as we get into it, we realize that when we talk about the system that has created this, it is so deep and it's part of that same system. I feel like where we were told like you should be able to do everything or you should be able to have it all or if you want to be successful you're going to have to do more mm -hmm. and then you can't even enjoy your success i mean you can't even have that space you know and yeah. so it's yeah. weird how god will do that and say okay, I'm gonna really need you to sit your ass down, mm -hmm. right? That exactly, <laughs> like, and that was the only thing that, that diagnosis was the only thing that would have done it. Like he was like, now you literally cannot walk. And, yes. and cause I brought my computer to the hospital and then he was like, okay. And I opened you know it what? up. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. That was like, you're what? not listening. Right? Let's yeah. try this again. <laughs> Now what? Like, I can't walk, but I can still <laughs> I can type. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm good. I can't go to the bathroom by myself, but that's right. Okay. <laughs> what? Oh no. my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It took a lot. It took a Do lot. you so I'm gonna so you with your background and you said, you know, hey, there are three roles that you that hey, this is the path you go down. And that's the you know, cultural expectations, family expectations, whatever you want to call it. Do you feel like that's why you were so you were pushing so hard to do all of these things? It's interesting because my name is Omolara and Omolara is a Yoruba name from in Nigeria and it means the child is the family. I'm actually the sixth child of my mom, but the first to be born. Um, and so she had five second trimester um, miscarriages before she had me. And that story, because when you're Omolara, it's like everyone knows like there was something like something happened because that word that it means like this child is. And so um, when I finally was old enough, my mom told me and it wasn't wasn't old. I was told when I was young. Um, I think there's a certain pressure additionally of like, wow, why wasn't I the sixth miscarriage? Like and. So I'm, I walk through life in a way of putting that pressure on myself. Like 
I do believe, right, our system treats us to be human givers for women in general. And then as we move down the ladder of like less privilege, right, more and more giver, 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 and less and less of being. Um, and I think that there's a complicity as well. Like we're socialized to do the same thing, right? We're socialized to do that to other people mm -hmm. and to see and to berate people who aren't like selfless for their kids and aren't doing this or whatever, right? And I think that ultimately it's been a mix. It's been a mix of my heritage, right? Of my birth story. It's been a mix of the society telling me I don't have value. My value is only by what I do and not who I am, right? And then it's been a mix of me being complicit in that and saying, okay, that's what it says. Okay, cool. Let me, let me, let me start like working, you know, as much as possible. I'm gonna show you I can do this, 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 and this, and not, you know, um, putting my foot down and really saying it. So I think it's a a mixture of all of them. And I think all of them need to be addressed and so therapy of course is helpful for, yes. <laughs> for my internal thing but i think in addition it really is helpful for us to now start to hear people becoming more vocal about you know part in i think in medicine and healthcare in general about that this is not safe that you know even a paycheck i think i tweeted today something about a paycheck and i said like you know, that a salary is not safety. That's not That's right. like, you know, um, there's so much that of the weathering that happens for us as women that breaks us down that we can't see. And that like, if you do, if you go into the research, um, you know, black women are aging seven years faster if you look at their chromosomes. And it's just extremely, I think it's extremely important for us to recognize that we have a role to play in this in terms of being able to say that the system doesn't have to run without pushback and without our voices and without demanding that something change. You're so right. And I think it's, it's, um, I had, it was interesting. I did, I can understand I have an autoimmune disease. I have alopecia, but it was different because I was like, in full denial that stress had anything to do with it. Like, I was like, no, I'm like, okay, wait. Okay, well, hurry up and fix the stress because my hair's falling out. So exactly. I could just not be stressed, you know, and being in full of denial, even after that, still pushing and not believing that that was the situation. And for me, it was a tweet from, or on Instagram, the nap ministry, where it was like, you can rest. And I just, it was like one tweet just changed my life. And I share it and it always sounds funny, but it's so true. Most of us don't give us the time. We don't give ourselves permission to rest as a point of healing. And they say rest as resistance is kind of their motto. And it's like, you know, yeah, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. But I mean, it's sad that you, that's what it came to in order to make you kind of think about those things different, but at the same time, inspirational that you were able to share that message with other, with other people. Yeah, I think that's the goal. Like the goal really for me was sitting there, it became urgent. And I always talk with a lot of the women now that we, that are um, moving into entrepreneurship and those, especially those that are 
um, wanting to fund, get funds to like actually build their businesses, significant funds. And talk about kind of this like passion and anger, right? And it not being this like dangerous thing that you can't be like looking at it and really being like, you know, for me, the anger was at the fact that I really allowed, I, I didn't say anything. I was more mm. concerned about everyone and what they would think and not like, I didn't say no, I didn't say I can't do this. What is that person going to think? What is this person going to think? And I like allowed myself to just literally disintegrate. And I think that when you go through that, there's an urgency and a passion and an anger that is now like, no, 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 no one else is gonna have to go through this at all. No one else is gonna have a mental health or physical health breakdown in order for them to see the light. No, we, we don't need to follow that path. And it was just about figuring out how am I gonna do that? I don't really know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm good. One of the things, you know, you just mentioned is kind of the, what are other people going to think? And I think that's one that kind of, it is for all females. It's constantly that pressure of someone's going to judge the way I'm doing this or that, you know, you mentioned parenting, you know, am I cutting up my sandwiches without the crust for my kids or, you know, whatever ridiculousness we put on ourselves. And, you know, I think part of that also is when you do stop and the world doesn't fall apart. And, and you go, oh, wait, it's actually okay. And, and my people are still my people and they know what's going on and it's okay. And I don't need to worry about the rest of these folks. And I think that's such a a great piece. And I I love what you said about doing, not being, and you know, just the, the whole idea around, are you actually being, are you actually in it or are you just going through the motions? Are you just doing these things? And, you know, I would love to hear more about just that whole concept. Yeah, it's interesting because it started, you know, there are like a number of books. I'm an avid reader that that I just was like, oh my God, I have four months of medical leave. I'm a workaholic. I'm I'm probably I'm gonna die. Like I'm gonna die. Like I am going to die. Um, but books saved my life. Um, but one of them that was really cool was um Emily and Amelia Nagowski's book, Burnout. Um, and I loved it because they mentioned this human giver syndrome and they mentioned, right. It's that like urge for us to like be seen as like pretty generous, kind, nice, wonderful, like, you know, and, and at all costs to our detriment and, and, and in order to do that in order for that syndrome to like take hold, um, we have to do that to other women too. Like we have to like, so that everyone follows suit, like women are supposed to be that, right? And if not, you're going to not only, you know, berate other people, but you're going to berate yourself as well. You're going to be like, oh, why didn't I do that? And it, I think the doing part is really this piece where I, look, I'm a big doer. As you know, I have like two businesses I love to do, but if I'm not making the space to be, I've realized that that doing it doesn't have the impact that I, I, I know it could, right? And so for me, that's looked like naps in the middle of the day, multiple sclerosis, the biggest symptom is fatigue. Go figure, God is very funny. Um, and so <laughs> like, really that had to be the symptom. So, um, and so I have to find spaces. And I remember 
going to my job and being like, you know what, I would like, you know, I, I know I have five jobs and I only get paid for one, but this is, what <laughs> I was this is what I was thinking. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm not going to leave. This is what I was thinking. Could we just like package it as like one job and maybe just have someone who I, who could like help support me. And it was like, mm, no, we don't, oh, that doesn't sound. And it was then that the button clicked that in order for me to stay alive I would have to save myself no one was coming no one was coming (laughs) to be like yeah of course like it was gonna have to be me fighting for myself and that's the thing I don't think I could have done that if I didn't have those four months to be and realize how valuable being because I had so much to do I had a vision of what I wanted the world to look like and if I wasn't resting if I wasn't like pouring back in um that would never come to pass. And so I think, and, and my kids, like, they are like shady. Like, they'll be like, I don't see you sleeping, mom. Mm-hmm. You went to bed at this time. And, and so they keep me in check, of course, because it's hard. And I feel like it's a, what is it? It's not Alcoholics Anonymous, but we have to figure out another word where it's like, you literally like fall off the wagon and, and, and continue. But I think as long as you remember that being, like is who your is is the most important part and doing is not right you know and doing is just an after like a beautiful result if you can like really work on being wow i i that and it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that i can only imagine i'm i'm wondering cuz i know that there are people listening that are like but I went to school for this and I've been planning my whole life for this. And who am I if I'm not fill in the blank with whatever word do you, what do you do when, because you coach people when they're making that career transition and, and what, what do you say when people, you know, how do you, how do you help people reconcile that? Yeah, I think it's, really helping them to dissociate right you like ultimate ultimately I could have been like hey I'm a pediatrician like no I'm not like that's something I do right that's not who I am and unfortunately the way medicine succeeds in its traditional western form is that you have to be that person because you are like nothing comes before that, right? And that's a, that's a great thing like for emergency care, right? We wanna be able to be like, okay, patient in front of me, no, I'm not gonna take a lunch break right now. This is like important, <laughs> right? 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 Um, but in terms of thinking about how we live our lives and making sure, okay, we do have time to take the lunch break. Now the emergency's over. And we, you know, I think remembering like who I am, remembering I'm a mom, remembering I'm a sister, remembering I'm those things, and so when I talk to my, the women that I work with, um, we start out with thinking about like, what is it that's brought you joy? Like, and starting to go back, just go to the past a little bit. Cause I think we don't take enough time to just reflect. And then they usually are like, oh God, this is cool. Like, I don't have time for this. This is like, give, give me the to-do. And it's like, hold on, just give me five minutes. And we're sitting there and we're like, what, like, give me some of those positive moments. What have been those like beautiful moments that have, that you think like thinking back. And, and as they do that work, you start to recognize there's a theme to what you find meaningful, like, and it's going to be different for all three of us and whoever, like you're going to see the things that are meaningful to you 
and the things that are positive, we wanna capture that and we wanna figure out what that theme is. And then we wanna figure out where are we going with that? Like, what, like, it's like driving in a car, right? And not knowing where you're going and think about the anxiety. And so many of us are doing that. We're like driving, looking at the rear view mirror. Like, you know, we don't know where we're going. We're just like, well, I did like that yesterday. So I'll just do it like that again. And when you now have that vision and you're able to see, this is what brings me meaning and joy. And this is how I want it to manifest in 15 years from now. This is what I would love my life to look like. It may look different, but this is what I think I would love to look like. Then you can now make steps and say, okay, is this going to get me there? No. Okay. Let's peel that off. Is this going to get me there? Yes. Okay. Let's go in on that. And it just helps you to make better decisions. So I think the vision and the other pieces, the values and just being values first, it's been really important. And it's so often, like when I ask people, I'm like, what are your five core values? Right. And they're like, Hmm, never thought about that. I now know those like, because it helps me with every decision I make. I'm like, yeah, this is absolutely not aligned with any of these things. <laughs> I'm going to have to say a no. <laughs> the Jim Stroud podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain to brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Well, we are in the month of no. It is November. Right. November. Uh, Jackie, right. Yeah, Jackie has been posting about this, that <laughs> it, now is the time. And I love that idea of just, you know, kind of sitting down and and thinking about what bring, you know, what has brought you joy in the past. And even just as you were talking, I started thinking like, what are those things for me? Um, and I think just even having that conversation or taking that time to sit and think about what those things are like that changes, as you said, kind of the trajectory of where you're, where are you going? What do you want to do? What, what do you want to bring joy or how do you want to bring joy in the future? So that's awesome. Um, I love that. Um, I like, I, I, there are so many, I'm like, I don't even know where to go next. You smell um, toast? So many things. Um, <laughs> for reals. Um, well, no, I'm just, there are so many things. And I, you know, as I, as I was reading more about you and learning more about you, um, you know, I think the pieces that the coaching piece and, and what you're doing for, for other women, and, you know, you've already talked about that a little bit, but can you share a little bit about kind of what has that been like? What are those things mm -hmm. that, you know, how, what are the outcomes that have been special to you and, you know, impactful to you as you're doing this work? Yeah. Far and for far, uh, you know, foremost has been community. I think I haven't recognized how isolated I, now I'm a high introvert. Like I love me alone time in a book. Like I am good for days. It's, it's actually very, very bad. Like people look at me and they're like, 
little bordering on antisocial a little there, but, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm good. Um, but the community that you see, like women were just like, I didn't know that it wasn't just me. Like I now realize that like I can both, I'm validated in the struggle that I had, but two, like I can see people moving forward with their business or with their like, you know, self-discovery or, you know, and now, and then I'm like, Ooh, I, I could do it. Like she's do she's doing it. I could do that. And so I think that community piece has been absolutely amazing. I think the other piece is just like starting to take ownership of our lives. Right. Um, I think that there is a lot to be said. Um, you know, Zora Neale Hurston, she, God, I love Zora Neale Hurston because <laughs> she was gangster. And she said, <laughs> she said, like, it was so interesting because I remember that she said, like, if you don't say anything, right, they will, like, you know, kill, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it, right? Yep. And it's like, yep. oh, yeah, whoa, okay, yes. And, and I think that it's really important. Um, one of the things that I feel like is for them to own their power again, like to understand that, you know, um, if I say no, if I say yes to me, right, that is not against anyone else, but it's going to be to the betterment of my family, my community, my society. Um, and so just, I think the ownership of people seeing things, and I just love a builder. I love people who like can you know, I love taking things and making them 2D on paper and then seeing them become 3D. And the and I think what's been really exciting for women is to do that, like to say, this is an idea. And now I remember one of our women who started in August, she went to one of our workshops and then she was like, I think I'm going to go into your program. And I came to the program and like, in I think the week before she started the program she was like oh my god I got a client I was like we, oh okay all right here we are <laughs> yes okay cool and then like as we're doing it like it was just it was literally just the fear like she just had to feel like it was possible and then you know she's just in the midst of it and and now we're building like after right we're building everything on top of it but I just think being able to empower, I think women, of course, empower themselves, but I think being able to provide information for them to do that um, has been really exciting and seeing what they're building is always like joy to, to me um, because I, I feel like I'm serving all of these other people because I, I hopefully was a part of the journey for them. And you absolutely were part of the journey. I feel like people have to see that example and sometimes need that validation in another person to say, I'm going to be okay. Like, mm -hmm. um, and why we, we share these stories and um, we might get there in, in different ways, but it empowers people to hear your story and know that you were able to readjust and pivot into what's really important. Cause I think a lot of people go down these paths and they don't know you lose sight because of somebody else's goal for you or somebody else's yes. story for you of yep, what you you're going to, to be. Again, Jackie. You, need you think to so? Again, for the people, people in the back. In the back, yeah. In the overflow yeah. room. Yeah. Yeah, in the overflow. <laughs> That's right. In the metal chairs. Because people will do it for you. 
They will absolutely, and they have to see those examples. Um, sometimes people are just sitting there waiting to see how it's going to turn out to see if they make those choices. And unfortunately, especially now, it could be too late. It can be too late. Yeah. And I think that's the part that has been um, interesting in watching your journey because you have been connecting with so many people. Um, and I don't know if you know that, but I, you know, in my research, you inspire a lot of people. Did you know that? I mean, you, you're doing it. It's crazy because in the past two years, like I told you, I'm a high introvert, right? So in the past two years, uh, it's just been crazy to just be in this space where I'm just like, I'm going to get to know all these people and like, we're just gonna like, it's, this is the funniest part. I think, I think for you guys as podcasters too, you do these episodes, right? And I do a lot of solo episodes. I used to do a lot of guests and I'm mixing back and forth and I do a lot of solo. And then I like, will connect with someone. They're like, you know, oh yeah. And I love your podcast. And I'm like, oh shoot, people listen to that. Yes. Oh, all, the time. all of the time. Right? Yes. And you're like, yes. Oh, no. What did I say in that episode? <laughs> yeah. Someone was it okay? Once, they yeah. said, can I ask you a question? And they said, never mind. I listened to your podcast and got all the answers. And I was like, which one? Because I'm looking for the answer. Like, you know, was it good? Awesome. <laughs> we we just got, uh, we are now in a partnership of, uh, you know, podcast group. And so we're having to go back and like listen to episodes. And I was telling Jackie the other day, I'm like, <laughs> Some of it, I'm like, oof, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but God, the others, I'm you. like, wowzers. Like, this is an amazing Ooh. conversation. Like, I'm like, we are so smart. God bless you. I still haven't had the courage <laughs> to, like, listen to anything. Like, I'm just like, nope, nope, not at all. I go, back to, like, your, go back to, like, your third podcast. Yeah. Oh, and, no. and you're like, wowzers, trousers. Like, what? Our intro was so this person? Yeah. It's like, ooh, maybe we should. Yeah. The intros are the best. Um, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> but you do have that. I can imagine doing it by, by yourself, but you're inspired and you know, mm -hmm. the messaging and just looking at some of the titles and some of the things that you've looked into. Yeah. I you think know? there's this space of finally, like you said, I think, um, so we have this boot camp. it's called on your power. Right. And the first thing that I wanted to tackle in the boot camp was, letting go of what other people think that was the first thing and I that because that was the first thing I had to tackle to even like get on that um to start the podcast and 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 I, I think it's been a huge like journey every day um because as you move to a different level right you've gotten over what some people think but now there's new people that you're like well what will they think <laughs> and this is like and and you're like, oh God, here we go again. Um, but I think, I think it's so important for us to really like fight that with every breath in our body. Like, because the vulnerability piece, like I've also right had these moments where people are like, I just like want to say, I, you know, I know you don't know, but I just want to say thank you for like saying that because that was so important, especially on Twitter. Like, on Twitter, I don't even know like how why people follow me. First of all, <laughs> I'm just like, like I, I okay, cool, like here we go. But 
it's just been, you know, and a lot of people, actually, a lot of people are very funny. Like they, there's a few people who are in institutions and they're like, Omar, I just want to like, they'll DM me. I want to let you know that I really like your tweet. I just can't like do it. Cause there's people who are, who might see me like it. And I'm like, you do you, that's okay. Like I, but it's just very, I think it's, it's, it's beautiful to know, like when you are sharing yourself, like there's going to be people who are like, oh, I don't want to see that. But then there's all these people who are like, oh my gosh, I could do that too. And now I can share my voice. And that's so important in terms of protecting ourselves at this point, right? We have to be, we have to take, we have to leverage our voices. Absolutely. We do have to leverage our voices. It's funny that you said that, especially on social and being an introvert, because you're by yourself in your room. You woke up at six o'clock and you're like, you know what? Tap, 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 tap. Anna, you forgot all about it. Days that's later. exactly it. Are you in my house? Yes. How do you know that, that that's exactly what happened? I'm like, but God, no, this is a little, okay, fine. Okay. I'm just gonna, <laughs> you know, and, and then I, and then I'm like, oh shoot, I did type that. That wasn't a dream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so many people, I mean, you have to feel like it is inspired of listening to that inner voice. And I think that's part of being concerned about uh, what people think. Sometimes it's how we view ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like that voice inside your head and you have to um, let it go. Um, and it, it's funny, I, um, I started a job recently and before I started, before the interview process, the person said, you know, I listened to your podcast and I've seen your webinars and I follow you on Twitter. And I was like, okay, do you want to hire me? Like, are you, is do that you a still want to have this conversation? <laughs> and it's like, no, like I see it. I'm like, oh, okay. But then like you're saying, you never know who you might touch. And you have to feel like it's divinely inspired to share some of those things. Um, but I think that is kind of been at least part of your journey because you didn't just stop for four months and then start sleeping and baking. You didn't turn off everything. No, no, no. She I, said she's baking now. Are you baking? No, I, 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 I did. No, I might have missed that. I didn't. I didn't say it, but you are in. You are in my brain. So, so I did bake. I okay. am not a baker. I did <laughs> bake on Sunday for like my kids. Like I made. I forget why. My you know my six year old is very like. She's been here before. You know how we say that? Yes, yeah. She's been, she been here before. So she was like, mom, you know what? Like you, like we never have any quality time anymore. <laughs> and I just love cooking, but I guess I'll just, you know, like watch people cook on YouTube. <laughs> that, that's oh, the kind of, Nelly. That's, that's who I'm dealing with. That's my, like, that's Ooh. what I have to deal with. So, She's not playing. Not playing. So <laughs> no. I was like, well, maybe on Sundays we can do something together. I, I don't know how the words came out. I was like, oh, stop, like, stop saying this. And she's like, awesome. Can we bake cookies? Uh, and I'm like, don't you know who your mom is? like, can we sit quietly and read together? <laughs> yeah. In the same room. room. And 
and I baked me some cookies on Sunday and it was absolutely like fantastic actually in the hindsight um but I was like and so yeah so I'm a, I'm a baker I guess like I think they taste the good too um, nice nice yes. love it <laughs> so I should let you know when I come in town you'll bake cookies and mm-hmm. um we'll snack out maybe no <laughs> so, okay time out so all right so i actually we're gonna go so where is the best pizza in new york city oh my god i don't know that I, come on now i don't i don't because I, I tell you why i asked the question because jackie and i were in new york that's right you know this is pre-covid pre-lockdown pre all the things and we went to <laughs> little Italy and had a fantastic, phenomenal meal, but we were talking about where's the best pizza. And I found a great pizza place in Brooklyn when I was staying there one time. Um, but where is the best pizza in New York city, in your opinion? Well, it's right here. Like, you know, three minutes away. Your daughter makes it (laughs) (laughs) my six-year-old's pizza. It's it's three minutes away in the shopping center, right next to my house. No, it's like, You can't, you can't, um, I don't know, in New York, like, it's just, there's so much good pizza, like, you can't pick, like, you're gonna find good pizza, um, it's, it's not hard, I'm in Long Island, so we're good, like, we're great over here, but, yeah, yeah, that's a hard question, everyone, there's, look, as long as you're in New York, thank God, you're gonna get some pizza, pizza. it's gonna be all right, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine. We passed 3,000 pizza places all the way legitimately 3,000 at least like the uber sure it was like this is is a really important lesson for people like especially like as a business coach it's like because our people are like oh well she's doing it already or she's doing this and I'm like this is great like what you just said there's three like literally four on (laughs) the same block who are like no but my pizza but right don't worry we got there's enough right. for everyone there's enough for everyone <laughs> everyone <laughs> needs a slice everyone every time <laughs> <laughs> um so you said you're a reader what are you reading right this minute oh my god okay <laughs> i was gonna say are, are you a stacker like i am where there's like four yeah. going on at the same time Correct. and you don't even want to talk about it because you're yeah, like i can't right now it feels yeah. i don't know it feels like people think i'm joking but i'm not like so I'm reading Untamed again um, mm-hmm. right now. I'm reading The Art of the Start, um, which is by Love Guy that. Kawasaki. And then- I love Guy Kawasaki, by the way. <laughs> I'm a huge Guy Kawasaki fan since way back. Way oh back. my God. Love Guy Kawasaki. And then I'm also reading You Are Your Best Thing right now. Yes. Um, with Tarana Burke and, and Brene mm-hmm. Brown. Mm-hmm. And then I'm reading How I Built This, the book by- Guy Raz right now and last thing that like actively I'm reading I had it here was the get good with money book with um with uh Tiffany Alice yeah so that's she's what the budget right now. Budgetista, right yes yeah. yes oh she's so amazing yeah that um, those are the things I'm reading right now in addition to like workbooks for my six and nine year old <laughs> right right <laughs> Right. And now cookbooks as well. Clearly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like shivering as I think about Sunday. I'm like, you're like, just ordered some Martha Stewart cookbooks as well. 
I was like, no, she's gonna ask me to cook again. <laughs> well, so I have for anyone listening, if you can make that, sure if you can make sure you send any baked good recipes, oh, right. uh, and we'll we'll be sure to pass those along. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, Jackie. You need it. <laughs> no, I was just saying I, I have started doing the opposite. I had um made the declaration as my children were going to college that I was stopping everything. And so oh. my spouse, hashtag executive producer, <laughs> um, who rocks in the middle of all of my things, has been cooking all the meals and gives me alerts of the status of the dishes. I don't know why, because it's not making me move. It's just a status update. Like yeah, the and then and then he will like bring in <laughs> eggs while I'm sitting here in Arizona going, where's my executive producer? This is That's right. my puppy can't make eggs. No. So Todd is on no. my list of. Yeah. Yes. No. So my my husband is like he holds everything down. Like I'm like, you know, people are like, did the kids get fat? I don't know. That's just, that's- <laughs> They're still living. Yeah, that's ask my husband. Like, why are you asking me? Like, he he's gonna know. Like, did the laundry get that? I don't know. Ask my husband. Like, okay, can we talk about that for a yes. minute? Because so I love that you just brought that up because I think you know this is something that we know obviously that a lot of women have stepped back in their careers because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and which is such an unfortunate situation, but I also, I want to just talk about like domestic chores and how those are balanced in, in couples, because I think there is such an imbalance as we all know, but it sounds like you have the right balance (laughs) in my opinion. I mean, it might be imbalanced to other people because I'm like ironing laundry, like but then I'm like, I te- I'm virtual schooling. So I'm like, boom, like, That's okay. A lot. Yeah, payback. It's full payback. That's and excellent. he completely was like, okay, yes, you have the ace. Yeah. Like, so he said, I, I made dinner, right? And then I will do everything else. And so that's really exciting. But I totally agree. Like, I think even with me right now and working with them, I had to be that good enoughist, right? I had to be like, the person who was like, okay, they can read. Like, like we're like, you know, we're doing what we can here and you, and it's okay. You know, they're going to be okay. And I think I had to recognize that why was I why was I trying to push myself to potentially like we have a housekeeper. He arranges that. Like I don't even know when she comes or whatever. He just makes sure that happens. Um, but I had to recognize for my kids sake as well because I have two girls I have two little black girls and lord knows what they think you know a a mom should do but (laughs) because they see certain things but I think it's really important um when we talk about the doing the being and we talk about all this it's like about legacy and it's really about like ensuring that my girls know that they can just be free. Like my girls now are like, oh, this is the business that I'm going to buy or, you know, or I'm going to do that. Like that wasn't even a concept, even though my mom was an entrepreneur, she never talked about it with me. Right. And there was one live that I did or something. And my six-year-old took over and was like, I'm going to teach you guys about burnout and all the stuff. And she was like, I was like, okay, I wouldn't listen or whatever. And it's just, I think it's really 
to see the division in the roles domestically and to see and to have like a different, to have more expanded views of what is possible for people just regardless of gender, I think is more about, is less about now and more about the future, right? So that these homes like that people grow up in, you know, hopefully there's, there's less of that kind of like pressure and people can start to be more creative about, okay, I need to take care of myself and what's the best way to do that. And do the best you can with what you have and be okay to let go of those things. I mean, if, if for those parents, yourself included, people, parents of younger children, especially those that have those chores, I can tell you, like, I promised that I was going to cut my kids' sandwiches in shapes until <laughs> they went to middle school. And I did. And they still hated me when they grew up. So just give it up. Square <laughs> is the shape that you get. Or triangles. Those are your choices. Because you try to kill yourself over this and realize you think you're doing it to make somebody else happy. Meantime, you're both miserable and they want to spend time with you as you're trying to configure an elephant out of a PBJ. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And, and you don't want to end up getting sick or the loss of someone to realize so many people um, do that. They don't, they're trying to make a way for them to enjoy themselves that they're not enjoying themselves now so good like so good that happened with my kids with dance classes you know I was a dance class like dance and so I was like yeah of course they're gonna and they did two years and three years of dancing and then they were like I just raised their hand mom I'm I I just want to let you know I don't actually want to do this and it was like (laughs) oh okay one is a gymnast one's a swimmer now like and they just like are all of that right and then I'm of course the chauffeur but like (laughs) but I think it's like like you said that space of being able to be like let's step back and stop like you know trying to micromanage every part of of this because what are other people going to think and then and then it like gives that space for what's supposed to happen to actually grow rather than suffocating it so yeah I and you know I'm just grateful for I know I'm privileged in the fact that okay I have the opportunity to work from home I have the opportunity to have a partner who is like pretty flexible like to say the least and I have those things and so I think our goal as people who have those privileges is to start to think about how do we make it, you know, what, what can we do in our, in our lives to make that not be a prerequisite for living, living your life, you know, in a free way, right? How can we develop that? And how can we teach our kids to also have that like communal, like sense of connection with, with everyone and to recognize those differences and and what, what they're going to do about it. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. All right, my friends, we have come to that time where I I need to ask you the most important question. Well, second most important question. The first one was the pizza question. Um, (laughs) 
And I did horribly on that one. So I'm no, 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 it, it, no. It actually you answered it perfectly. Floor. It's stop <laughs> anywhere in New York for pizza. It's all you, will, you will get into a fight here. Like we are all about our borough. She's like, I can't answer that. Like, <laughs> I will. I like. I'll. I will get into it. Like you know, the Queens people. They don't like the Brooklyn people. Who don't like doctor missing in New York City <laughs> that stood for social justice in front of a Sam's pizzeria. Like, you don't want anything like that. It's, 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 oh, it's awesome. difficult in these streets here. So, yes. The pizza wars are for reals in New York. Um, okay. So the question that we ask at the end of each episode is, what is one thing you want to make sure our listeners hear, have heard, or take away from this uh, conversation? So, um what would you like to make sure our listeners get out of this? I think that I want, um, I think it's that first question that I asked, like just sit and ask yourself kind of like in 15 years, I want, I want you to just sit with that. What would I regret not doing, seeing, creating or becoming? Um, I think it just allows for you to start moving into different spaces that you haven't even thought about, you know? And, and, and to let yourself go there, I think is to make some time for yourself to go there. Um, I think that's really, really important. Really important. Awesome. Jackie. Um, um, take care of yourself because if not God or your ancestors or karma or Holy spirit, whatever you want to refer to it will make you do it. Mm -hmm. If you can't do it on your own, it always finds a way to put you down and it's not going to be on your terms mm -hmm. that way. And, um, and you will feel, you can feel better as, as much as you want to control things by loosening those things and letting, letting things happen naturally. So you don't, you know, otherwise you could get sick or hurt. Awesome. Mine is the freedom spaces, which is you know, right up top too. of this. Yeah. I love that concept of just you know, doing the things that you need to do to create that space where you can be free and you can have agency, make the decisions that make sense. And like that, that I, I took a lot of notes, um, <laughs> cause that's what I do. Cause I'm a nerd. Um, but I, I think that one just really resonated. And I mean, so many of the things that you share, the doing, not being, um, sitting down and really, as you said, you know, sitting down and thinking about, what brings you joy? What will, what will you reflect on later? And then also sitting down and taking the time to figure out what are those five core values that you have? I, I think those are, so this is what happens every time. It's not really one. It's it never, never one, is one. Ever. <laughs> not never one. Ever one. Never. I, actually, Jackie, I'm very impressed because you did stick to one this I, time. So I felt, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. I got it, you. you know? Yeah. You, you nailed it this time. <laughs> not so much all over the place. All right, then. Let's wrap this up party people. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we are, you know, very fortunate to be able to have these conversations with just amazing folks and, and we appreciate you taking the time. So thank you. Um, this is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. And this is the inclusive <laughs> AF podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.